0: Welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. Got a great show for you. Uh, In continuation of our coverage of the Dallas International Film Festival, uh, we're actually bringing you coverage uh, of two films and their cast and stars uh, that we're very excited about. Uh, First off is the movie Edge of the World uh, that also premiered at the Dallas International Film Festival, uh, along with The Iron Orchard. And... uh, I'm very also happy that sitting next to me is not only my co-host this week, but also my better half, uh, my gal Jocelyn, who is the harshest film critic that I know. So, uh, (laughs) Jocelyn, I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome back to the show
1: thank you for having me again
0: and again and again
1: i like it yeah. fun. <laughs> i always love
0: it when you're here because again um full disclaimer jocelyn isn't isn't really a movie person and so that's why i think that she is actually the best film critic because you're not going to get any nonsense she's going to be completely honest um and not in a you know sensationalistic kind of mean-spirited way she's just she knows what she likes is that fair to say
1: I would say so. <laughs> um,
0: Edge of the World. Uh, what'd you think? What'd you think about this picture?
1: It was very nice. It's a very inspiring story, and um, it's something that I would bring our future kids to come see.
0: Absolutely, for sure. Uh, you know, and so I'm very excited. We've got we've got Megan Dalby here. Uh, she is phenomenal in this movie, uh, and just phenomenal. Period. She has such a great. Future ahead of her. She's got so much potential uh, and such a great person. I had such a. It was such a joy uh, to interview her and uh, and 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 you know, feeling you know the, uh, the excitement that uh, that you know surrounding this movie. Um, we also have uh, uh, Will Meyer, uh, who's also in the film, as long uh, as well as the uh, the director and editor, uh, Randy Redroad. So we're going to bring you all of that, and then of course also. And we have Ty Roberts, again, like I said, from The Iron Orchard. Uh, That's a great, great, great movie. Had a great conversation with Ty. So uh, lots and lots of great stuff to bring you. Like I said, we got Megan Dalby. Um, I said we got Will Myers, Randy Redroad, Ty Roberts. We're going to talk about a couple of great films. And we're going to jump right on in here. So, again, Jossie, you were talking about Edge of the World. Uh, Tell me a little bit. what, What do you think about Megan in this movie?
1: Well, she seems like a very sweet and earnest person. Yes. Um, I I really enjoyed watching her in this film she had a great performance I thought Um, but I I have a question for you yes so this is a real place is it not
0: it is it is the place is called Cal Farley's Uh, it's actually in Amarillo Texas Hmm. um and I do encourage people to to definitely check them out. Whatever California's is actually one of the, the America's largest privately funded child and family service providers uh, that help families in crises at, literally at no cost. Uh, and again, you know, no spoilers of the for the film. But uh, one thing that uh, that is that is that does shine through that you you do need to know is how important this story is, is and how important this actual place is, because. You know we've all um, you know we've all have oh, we've all have had had trouble I mean you and I are you know about to be parents and um, and you know I know that uh, the way that I grew up uh, thankfully I have you know I had a living mom and a living family and and all that kind of good stuff but know uh, not everybody's always so lucky or you know things happen so it's great to know that there's people like Cal Farley's um, that take people in um, that help them it's you know they're not they're not in it for the money they're it's a great place for that to happen and I encourage everybody to check out Cal Farley's uh again it's in Amarillo uh and you can google it go online uh it's at calfarley.org because it is a it is a government recognized institution um and it's awesome and it's, it was so neat to uh to see this story kind of unfold because uh, I mean it's these people actually are living this
1: so they actually shot the movie on on location in at this place they did never...
0: they did and i didn't oh. know, and I, you know and i didn't know that um i you'll hear in the interview with megan uh because i asked her that and I mm. without giving that away early on uh and she talks at length about that so i'm excited for you guys to hear about that but yeah it actually was shot on location there mm. so what you're seeing is the actual so if you're thinking like oh i wonder what cal farley's looks like or whatever it's actually in the movie i mean this is where they filmed yeah. it so uh, now, tell me a little bit more. Uh, you know, because I, I I really enjoyed. Like I said, it's a great story about you know of redemption. Uh, it's inspiring about kind of overcoming the odds. Well, what was great about Megan was that uh, there was this real buzz around her at the film festival. Because, uh, like I said, she you know she's only like sixteen. Right. You know, it's a young cast of unknowns and definitely uh, unknowns, but you know up and comers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, she was just killing red carpet after red carpet (laughs) you know uh and everywhere i went people were talking about her and and um you know by the time the premiere came it was just kind of this like you know like this kind of page six like what is megan dalby going to be wearing on saturday (laughs) kind of thing and it was so great to see her to be able to you know handle that with such grace and and elegance and, and, and such great charm and so uh, when I actually spoke to her, because we we met on the red carpet and had a great and and I was you know it was so great to see that how mature and and how well she handled all of that and just so you know so cool you know because typically when you when you see somebody that that gets a little bit of of that kind of attention, um, sometimes the 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 personality that goes along with that kind of yeah is it she's got this poise man like, you know like when you're when you when you see a star it, it, you know it made me think about this i, I the, the guy that produced madonna's first record uh imagine a, a world like a pre madonna world okay <laughs> and uh, and he just couldn't believe it that this you know she just came into his office you know nobody knew who she was And he's sitting there and he's thinking, man, there's a, there's a star sitting here, you know, across from me. I mean, he even, she even had the nerve to ask him for like cab fare home. Like, (laughs) like, I mean, like she knew she was a star. Do you know what I mean? You know? And, uh, and so it was great that. You know, like I said, you know, Megan had, was just so – she handled herself so perfectly and had such grace and poise. And I think she's going to be a big star. Uh, I even told her, I was like, I feel like that we're making one of those like, oh, this is one of my early – my first interview type kind of things. You know, like yeah. like when she blows up in a few years and, you know, when they have that, you know, uh, stars from the very beginning, like it's going to be our interview. <laughs> yeah. You know, Um
1: yeah, that that would be kind of be like like J Lo's beginning, right? Yeah, her, this is her in living color. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yes. This is what this is. This is this is Megan's Megan. This is your in living color. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so I'm excited I'm excited for you guys to hear uh, our, our interview uh, with Megan Dalby and we're gonna jump on here uh, with that uh, before we get to that of course we, we're gonna play the song of the week uh, and also plug a couple different things uh, besides Cal Farley's um, wanted to tell you guys where you can find yours truly uh, this coming Saturday in El Dorado Arkansas I want to invite everybody everybody to come check out uh, the world class revolution Uh it's a you know a promotion out of Oklahoma that was previously called Imperial Wrestling Revolution, and it's been rebranded as uh, the World Class Revolution, which is an extension of the old World Class Championship Wrestling uh, territory that all uh, people uh, that grew up in uh, maybe in the eighties and early nineties will, will of course remember with the, the Von Erichs and versus the Freebirds. And uh, it is going to be a great, great, great thing. It's going to be our first TV taping. Uh, and it's going to be there at the Griffin Music Hall there in El Dorado, Arkansas. It's going to be this coming Saturday. It's in the Murphy Arts District. at 7 o'clock. And, dude, the lineup is freaking stacked. we got a couple of Hall of Famers. Jim, good old JR Jim Ross is going to be there. Mean Gene Okerlund. Uh, the champ, Jack Swagger, is going to be defending his title. And, again, an extension of the old Von Eric's. Kevin Von Eric's sons, Ross and Marshall will be there defending their tag team titles. Emma from WWE, who is actually, her name is actually Tennille Dashwood, uh, is going to be there. Madison Rain, uh, just a Chavo Guerrero, uh, uh, Rick Steiner. It's going to be a stacked, stacked, stacked lineup. The old Iceman King Parsons. uh, I could go on and on and on. Also appearing is going to be Katie Forbes. Uh, you guys remember Tatanka. It's going to be a great, great night. I encourage everybody to go to World Class Revolution. Get your tickets now. Uh, they're also available at Eldomad.com. Go to www.eldomad.com. Uh, and also Imperial Wrestling Revolution. Uh, again, it's our first TV taping. The revolution is upon us, and it is going to be awesome. Which brings me to my next portion and it's going to be talking about obviously tying into our song of the week uh, is my man Claude Coleman Jr. from the band Ween uh, Claude is like a brother to me we've been friends for a very 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 long time uh, we worked together uh, for many many years and toured together and worked together and uh, the whole bit and he is now located in Asheville North Carolina and what they're doing is that they did a, a round one fundraiser for something called Sound Space uh, and the idea is to create this kind of this community uh, you know Practice space facility right there in Nashville, and they were able to raise forty six thousand dollars, which is about sixty percent of the goal. Uh, and now they're back at it, man, and they're going to go for round two. So this is the one to kind of you know to kind of it's for all the marbles there. So uh, Claude's a great dude. Um, like I guess he's like family to me, and and he's always wanting to you know to kind of create this this wonderful space where uh, a community of musicians can come together and practice and kind of you know. Uh, be able to cultivate their art Um, and just the idea of community just kind of like Cal Farley's and that's kind of what we're about here on this show as well we want to support those things and um, we want to say a shout out to my my man Claude for for making it happen and we appreciate all those that have uh, uh, supported this and and continue to do so. Now that brings me actually to the song of the week and what the song of the week is is actually going to be is actually Angelo Moore from Fishbone uh, okay, and he's got this thing called called Brand New Step. It's a, it's like a like a protest video, uh, and Claude uh, plays on the track. It's called Pendulum Swing, and we're gonna play it for you here, and also give you some some information as well. Uh, he's actually going to be touring. He's the of course the singer, of the saxophonist from the legendary Fishbone, which was a total freak out, uh, awesome awesome punk band that pretty much could do it all. Uh, anyway, so again, the song is called Pendulum Swings. Uh, and they're going to be doing a tour, and the tour, I believe, which actually kicks off actually uh, not far from us, about three hours down the road in Austin, Texas, at the Mohawk on June eighth. Uh, so definitely catch Angelo Moore and the brand new step uh, on tour with my man Claude Coleman Jr. Uh, and this is Pendulum Swings.
2: The turning back the clock, regressing back to the dark ages, rubbing
3: sticks and rocks. Hey, those the nuisance, progress reverse. We'll revolt, we'll protest against the all right convert every day, every night. Put your hands together. Clashing with the Titans, won't be happy till the superpowers are fighting with a cabinet full of Dick trace criminals, coon skin, Fritz the cat. Still was
0: So, alright. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Well, this is Sam Jones Gordon. I'm
2: with Roy Turner at Tricky Kid Radio, and you better be tuning in, or I will find you. Yes, I will. Yes. <laughs> Welcome
1: back to Tricky Kid Radio, and now we are pleased to bring you Megan Dalby and the cast of Edge of the World. I snuck in. Technically,
4: I okay. Because I'm a class officer, I'm vice president of my sophomore class, I get a ticket to prom so I got to bring one of my friends so I went there with all of these juniors and seniors who I have never talked to before right. but I was throwing compliments and people were coming up to me and having conversations about like where I got my dress and all this stuff right, right. It was so amazing and everyone looked beautiful. it was so amazing.
0: Okay so now this is the reason why I mentioned this just because okay. Do you realize that you single handedly stole this film festival? <laughs> Thank you. There was a, this buzz around you <laughs> everywhere I went. And I'll tell you right now, and it was also not only of your, of your obviously your acting chops, mm-hmm. but every, it was like, by the premiere on Saturday everywhere i went people were like i wonder what, what, what megan doppy's going to going to wear tonight like i mean it was like oh, all wow. everybody was talking about and i was like i got to meet this megan <laughs> you're
4: 16 17 16 yes okay
0: and you're already like a fashion icon <laughs> oh,
4: thank you
0: so congratulations. That's Thank fantastic. you so
4: much. It's funny that you say that because when the red carpets were kind of sprung on us. Right. And so when I heard that I had two of them in like less than 24 hour notice... Right. I was panicking because I was like, I have nothing to wear. I have absolutely (laughs) nothing to wear. And so I was texting my mom and I was sending her like heels. And I was like, no, I need these. I need this shirt. I need this skirt. I was freaking out. And then we ended up going with that the black two-piece I wore on the first night which and the black heels I already had. So all the clothes that I wore were stuff that was already in my closet. But I was so nervous about wearing them because I was like, what if somebody it's like oh she wore that last year right, I was right, right. so scared so thank you so much no
0: it paid dividends I'm not kidding I mean you have forced our editors for the mm-hmm. news site to actually include every outfit that you wore
1: oh, for
0: wow. whenever we submit the coverage so mm-hmm. again if you've exhausted anybody tell them you know what <laughs> yeah. it paid dividends so congratulations thank on that it you. was outstanding <laughs> Um, and so that was what was so funny because I remember uh, I was there Thursday night. because yes. And again, you have a great PR team. You guys walked three mm-hmm. times, which is great. Yeah. And, and I actually wasn't there on the actual premiere because again, I oh, was okay. do- I was doing this. So I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, after the uh, I saw the movie the night before because okay. Kelly gave me a screener. Okay. So before yeah. we talked and yes. stuff. Yes. So I wanted to ask you: Is it? Uh, did you have any? What What kind of prepared you for this role of Edge of the World?
4: Um, When I read the script and I saw that she came from kind of a troubled background, right. which I cannot relate to because I love my family. It, I was thinking about, I put myself in a mindset of what it would be like to not have, not always have like... An amazing mom and dad to fall back on right, or even right. like a sister yeah and so it was weird to think about but once I started thinking about it I honestly feel like it opened my eyes to so many new perspectives yeah about how even the most amazing kids can come from anywhere yeah like, any sure. type of family any type of home and you just don't know yeah so that was definitely interesting to play I have
0: to do that now, now were yeah. you familiar with because that's a real place. It's yes. called. Uh, and tell our, our viewers and our listeners what, what that place is actually called.
4: The Cal Farley Boys Ranch. Okay. Yeah.
0: And now, y'all didn't actually shoot it there.
4: We did. We shot some at the Cal Farleys.
0: So there was some stuff shot on location. Okay. I yeah. was, was going to ask I'm you I'm pretty about sure
4: that. most of it. Was shot on location. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Because I, because I know, I know there's a couple of scenes that were shot on sound stages. I mean, it was you know, but yeah. uh, but in terms of all the exterior shots and all the the stuff mm-hmm. that was shot on location was actually
5: there.
4: Yeah. All of the time that I was there, I was always on in Cal Farley's and we ate lunch with them. Okay. And we the scenes where the boys are in the rooms, those are actual rooms. Oh. So all of it was genuine. And the stop sign, that was there. Well, I take that back. I think we put in the stop sign. But (laughs) the location was there still. Okay. So
0: no spoilers, those who haven't seen it, but there is a very Uh, significant stop sign that plays a role in in your character. Yes. Uh, And I thought you were outstanding in this and the reason why I thought it was so great too was that um did you have any do you have any i mean being from texas Mm -hmm. have you been around horses have you had any background with that did you have to learn how to do that
4: oh my goodness well i had to learn and (laughs) i trained on a very lazy horse and i remember because it was my cousin's trainer it was some kind of like family friend type thing and so we went and i rode and i learned and i loved it and then on set when it was time for me to film a scene where I was riding on my horse because I was going home, which actually got cut from the movie. The horse that I rode on, I had to ride to our location. So it was like a 15-minute horse ride, okay? And I was with um, a girl who was like part of the ranch, and she was the horse leader, I think you call it, I'm not sure. (laughs) But my horse tried to buck me off and did not want me on it. So we were almost to location. And the horse turns around and starts running off. And I was like, cause that had never happened to me. I have right. not been riding for over a week. And so I'm freaking out and I was like, I don't know <laughs> what to do. And she goes, pull back, pull back and squeeze your legs. And I was, and the horse was not having it. And the horse is trying to buck me off and I'm terrified. And so eventually the horse stops. And she comes back and she's riding along next to me. And we get to location where we have to like film film. And so there's a bunch of like dead thorns and thorn bushes and all this scary nature gross stuff all around me. (laughs) And the horse, once we started filming, did it again. And it turned around and it tried to bug me off even worse this time. I'm not sure how I stayed on because I'm very tiny and a horse is not that small. But it tried to buck me off, and I stayed on. And then we ended up having to film the scene or film the shot so tight on me because we had to have the other horse right next to me so right. it wouldn't run off.
0: Okay, okay.
4: And so my horse was going crazy.
0: So, I mean, would you sabotage? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing a, <laughs> a Nancy Kerrigan, uh, Tanya Harding uh uh, like, was this like an ex-boyfriend's horse that you wronged in some way? <laughs> always. Or, uh, right, right, right. I mean, but again, but growing up in Texas, yeah. did you have any access to horses growing up at all? Or was that anything- I didn't. Okay.
4: I've always wanted to, but I never did.
0: Well, so that's a testament also to, uh, you know, to you in the film because it, yeah. it looks very, very natural. And now you have a new skill. You I know? do, Yeah. And because uh, I, I would, be, I would be, have been scared to death being on those things, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So we were talking about, uh, of course, you just had prom uh, yes. at school. Mm-hmm. So what what is the climate like for you at school? I know you go to a charter school, but I mean, mm-hmm. people know you're an actress. Is yeah. Does that create any sort of, un, you know, uh, too much attention or, or, or any um,
4: sort of? Well, the school that I go to is a fine arts school. Okay. So, and so right. everyone there has some kind of like special quirk about them. Right. Okay. And I don't talk about my film acting at school purely because I want to stay as modest as possible. For sure. And I feel as if, like, if they want to know about it, then they can come see me. That's but right. I'm not going to walk around and, like, oh, my God, I'm in blah, blah, But all of my friends, everyone there, is so supportive of everyone. And it's such, a, a, great it's such a homey environment. It is. Yeah. It's such a homey environment. And I honestly feel like, I could do anything, and everyone in that school would be right behind me like cheering me on, right. even if I was dancing, which I'm not that good at but <laughs> there it's such a good environment. I'm so lucky to be in a place like that.
0: so it's almost I mean without of course the you know the troubled wayward kids, but mm-hmm. it, it almost mirrors the support mm-hmm. system that we see in the film yeah with it Edge does. of the world. Uh, and it's so great that you do have such a great support system, and, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I love how egoless you are. And it was one reason why we also wanted you on here, because I was like, this is the person, the kind of people you want to support,
4: you know? Yes, thank you.
0: Uh, and so, but when you, do you remember a moment where, when you came to your parents, or, or you came to the moment on your own, when you realized that, that this is what you wanted to do, that, that acting was kind of, like, what, when did you get mm-hmm. a feeling of that, or a notion that you could do this?
4: Well, I started acting when I was eight years old, and I did a... It was a summer program at this old, old theater, Cats, or Creative Arts Theater School. Right. And it was one of those things where you just sign up, you get a part, and you kind of workshop it, you put it on for your parents, and that's kind of said and done. And it was Aladdin, and I was a very, very tiny role, but I remember that I had a little tiny solo... And after and at first, I was so flaky, because I didn't want to do it, because I was like, no, this is too much. Right, like right. Everyone's going to be watching me. I don't want to. And the <laughs> moment, the first time that we performed for an audience, I felt absolutely in love. And I thought that theater would be what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Okay. And then on my... Because I stayed in that theater, because I loved the directors, I loved the people. And then my second or third play there, one of the directors was like, hey... I've got someone calling me asking for a little girl who's really cute and would like to do a commercial for dolls. Okay. And I was like, I mean, okay. Because I was like, <laughs> I like theater. I might as well try this. Yeah. So I went to the commercial audition, fell in love. And I was like, Mom, we've got to do this. Like, I love theater, but I'm pretty sure this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And from that one tiny commercial audition, I went and I worked on it. And I'm here now. So I think the moment that I fell in love was the commercial audition.
0: Well, so we talk it to our, our our viewers and our listeners because you know we do a lot of a lot of film stuff on this show. We mm-hmm. do a lot of independent filmmakers and a mm-hmm. lot of not only established actors but also people that you know they learn from the show. Yeah. Talk about a little bit the difference between being on like stage on a theater versus being on set of a film.
4: Well, one thing theater is if you mess up got to keep going. Yeah. There's no, oh, I'm sorry, can we do this again? Or can I get some water? There's yeah. nothing like that. You keep going and you push through, which the I do trailer, don't...
5: right? <laughs> yes, yes.
4: No fan on you all the time. Um, theater, you have to keep going. Film, you can go until it's perfect. Okay. So you have to nail it in theater. And also, one thing... That I remember in like one of my first acting classes with theater, you have to be so loud and project and you have to be over the top because all the people in the back can't see tiny facial things that you do. In film, one of the reasons I love it so much is that you can be as natural as possible and you can be quiet if you need to because it doesn't have to be theatrical. You can do the most natural thing in the world and it comes off as exactly what you wanted. So that's kind of why I like it more is because I like the natural stuff. Well, sure. And I think yeah. it's also,
0: it's great for, you know, for, uh, you know, becoming actors to be in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets over yeah. any sort of like stage fright yeah. and everything else. So, uh, these, I just have some notes here. I was just making sure I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. gone through all of them. So when you, uh, you know, you talk about, you say you don't dance very well, <laughs> but in terms of being a triple threat, you also sing. Yes. Okay. I do. Uh, now, so uh, let me ask you this. We're, I, I was with my family last night because it was for Mother's Day, of course, mm-hmm. and I asked my nephews, and I'm going to put it to you as well, but I'm not going to tell you their answer yet. Okay. And I said, um, if this was like your school was having like a pep rally or some sort of assembly mm-hmm. and you guys were having some sort of like special guest, like like either a singer or an actor, or, yeah. or, or we'll just say some entertainer. Okay. Who would come out at your school where the crowd would go bananas but specifically probably even like 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 Beatlemania. like like who, who is the, who is the main most popular singer actress dancer artist or all around all around person right now like who is the one person you can just automatically think of this where the whole student body would just lose it
4: i kind of want to say cardi b
0: Really? Okay. Yes.
4: I personally think that because I know that her new album, Invasion of Privacy, went all around my school because okay. everyone in the hallway was singing it and rapping it and all this stuff. If she come on stage, I think I would pee myself. She is <laughs> the best person in the world. I love her. She's so funny. So I think Cardi B. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, it, it was funny because uh, she was on Saturday Night Live Yeah. and she's so over the top that yes. I didn't know that this may or may not have been a, a, a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, you know. I, yeah.
4: When I first watched her, I was like, this has got to be fake." Yeah. yeah. She's so funny. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like, it's, it's amazing that that person even exists because she's so yes. almost kind of cartoonish, right? Yes. So when you sing, uh, who are some of the influences or who, who kind of influenced you to sing or what?
4: Um, I really like the way that, I've never been asked this question before. <laughs> I got to think about it. I really, okay. I used to take voice lessons a long time ago, and one of the ways that I loved to sing was, like, smooth, jazzy type stuff. Yeah, okay. Just because, coming from a fine arts school, musical theater is, like, the only way that people can sing. Right. I don't like that as much. I mean, I enjoy singing musical theater, but it wouldn't be my forte. Sure. And so, I don't know. any kind, Any kind of, like, smooth jazz singer, I think, is really inspirational. Is it the
0: presentation of. or just the cadences what what is it about? I you
4: think you it's like? the way that they can change it up every time and it still sounds perfect no matter what. And they I love how they sing off the beats and I love how they go in between the notes and all this stuff and the beautiful riffs. I just I think that's a true like art form. Yeah. And I think like Ariana Grande, I think I would pull some inspiration from her purely because her riffs are crazy amazing, right? True. Sure. I would love to hit the whistle tones that she can, <laughs> yeah. But just the Thanks smooth practice, jazz, though, yeah. of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. yes. Just the smooth jazz, kind of like keep you on your toes type. I think is beautiful, and
0: kind of upbeat as well. You know. Yeah. So when you were starting to go to, uh, you know, again, mm-hmm. you go to uh, to an art school. What was the intent there? Was it to be an actor? Was it to be a singer? Or, or I mean, obviously there was there's, there was something there.
4: Yeah, I when I auditioned for that school. I was in sixth grade, and that was when I was in my acting theater, switching over to film prime. So I was like, because all the people that went to Cats and did plays with me went there. And so they talked about it all the time. And I was like, this is such a magical place that you go to school for acting. And I was like, I've got to go. And so I auditioned with acting and choir, but I still love to sing. Not so much love to sing choir. So acting is kind of what called me there.
0: So could you see yourself maybe doing a musical in the future then? like
4: I could. Yeah. I could. It depends on the musical and if it's exciting enough. But me and my friend were actually just talking about we were going to do the musical next year just for fun.
0: Well, you should. Yeah. It would be a great experience. Yeah, you know? that's true. Well, we're going to we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about your experiences at the Dallas International Film Festival. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a clip of you on the red carpet, uh, mm-hmm. and then we're going to come right back and have a word from our sponsors, Okay. 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 Once again, we're talking with Megan Dalby. Uh, she's an actor. She's from, from from Edge of the World and lots and lots of great stuff. And again, as you just heard, you on the red carpet, killing it, having a great time, and, yes, thank and creating you. this amazing buzz around you. Uh, so, talk a little about your experiences with the Dallas International Film Festival.
4: Um, I had never heard of it or been a part of it before Edge of the World, but I think it's so cool that all of these. Movies are being submitted and they're great movies. No. And so I'm glad to have been a part of it because it's definitely something that I will keep a watch on for the future. Right. Even if I'm not acting, just to, like observe and see all the new directors pop up and the new actors and all yeah. this stuff. I really liked it. Well
0: I thought it was cool too that you guys were really one of the only like um, just kinda like full on family friendly. Yeah. And I think that's important. I mean, you know, film festivals are cool mm-hmm. and are arty and edgy yeah. and documentaries and stuff, yeah. but you gotta have You know, something for everybody there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were talking earlier. Talk about your preparation for for the red carpets and.
4: Um, I was freaking out, like (laughs) I said before, because I wasn't sure if I was going to have anything to (laughs) wear. And um, when I got there, I was like, I don't have any poses. I don't know how to walk across the red carpet. It was just so many little things that I was worried about but the second I stepped on and like my other castmates I was like this is good I've got this I can pull through and so it was really fun it was such a I don't know I felt like on you know I felt like I was on my game and I felt like that through the whole night and then when it was over I was like did I just do any of that because all the interviews and all the pictures and all the I had they gave me an escort to walk me from interview to interview so it was very like I don't know. It was kind of liberating, but it was sure. really fun.
0: Well, but also think about that too, though. You're, you know, mm-hmm. again, I love how egoless you are and very selfless about it.
4: Thank but, you. But at the
0: same time, you know, you, you you looked like a star. You felt like a star. You were <laughs> a star. You were you were do, you, you were doing the star thing, and so that yeah. had to, you know, they had to been been, you know, the kind of the fruits of your labor, as it were, right? Mm-hmm. You were kind of seeing it kind of pay off in a sense, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I thought it was interesting too, because uh, you know, like I said. When you came through on Thursday, by Saturday, you know, by the time you did like the like the third and then the fourth time, because mm-hmm. did you guys, you guys did something on Sunday too, didn't you? Oh, Or was no. it just, it, it it was, was Thursday, was, Friday, and Saturday was yes. the three nights, okay? Mm-hmm. But by the time the premiere came on Saturday, mm-hmm. you, were, you were an old hand at this, like, yeah. you know? I
4: felt like I got the hang of it. Hopefully I did.
0: But you also, you know, it's always, when you see somebody you're always in their element, that's when mm-hmm. they're going to thrive. Yes. You know, so, and I was just, you know, we were all just so impressed with you. We were so impressed you. with the, the way, I mean, your, the, the presentation. Uh, like I said, you know, whenever mm-hmm. we did the interviews, and I was just like, we got to get her back on, man. Like you know, this is like I said, we said at the beginning of the show. You know, time's up. What's, what's up with mm-hmm. all the guys getting all the all the time? We got to we got to bring her <laughs> back. So I was glad you were able to come back to the, to do the show. Um, I wanted to ask you also. Um, you did a show called Vindication. Yes. Okay. So and that talk a little bit about that. Like, what is that? When can we see it?
4: When? Um, it was a crime show. Okay. It was a faith-based crime show. So, the one, the episode that I was on, my dad had gone missing. And that, I filmed that maybe four or five months ago. But I recently watched the premiere. And they're right now, I know that they're filming it in a bundle, I think. And they're okay. about to send it out to places to get picked up. I see, okay. So, I will keep you updated, but I'm You're not sure? sure where you can see it yet. But when I was filming Vindication, I remember telling my family, because we went out to dinner after, like... We filmed for like three to four days, I think. And we went out to dinner. That I felt so in my element, like you said. Right. And yeah. it—it's just such a feeling of like accomplishment and satisfaction when you feel like you did a good job. Yeah. And so that was something I would be proud of. And Edge of the World, same thing. When I watched a premiere. I would safely be able to say, like, I'm proud of what I did because sure. it's such a scary thing. I hate watching myself. Oh, yeah. I will never yeah. enjoy seeing myself blown up. Yeah. But it was. I felt satisfied with how it came out, and in my element, I feel like is a great way of saying that. I think it's a
0: great, a great uh, representation, though, of all mm-hmm. Joe comic books. Yes. So what? What is like your one one thing? What's your? Uh- I think
4: my really nerdy thing. That's kind of like. A little bit embarrassing. I love Teen Titans. Not Teen Titans Go. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Teen Titans. And I talked to my dad a while ago. Like, I wanted to read the comics. I... Love Teen Titans, and I'm so upset that it got um, switched to Teen Titans Go, yeah. which I'm sure it's a good show. I just come it on.
0: it's watered <laughs> down yes. and it's awful. Okay. And any any purist yes. of Teen Titans would be offended yes. by this. It's okay, yes. like because <laughs> my friend
4: got me hooked on Teen Titans because she was like, "Oh, this show's great. Like you're gonna love it. It's yeah. so good." And I was like, "I mean, sure." So I bought all five seasons. They're in my room. I rewatch them. Any time I feel like it, probably gonna start rewatching them today because we're talking about it. Right, right. That's probably my super nerdy thing. Is one hundred percent Teen Titans.
0: Now, if so, it's not out of the question that that will be. You know, I don't know why it's taken them so long. I guess I know Mm -hmm. why it's taken them so long to make these movies because I guess the technology wasn't there. Yeah. If you have the opportunity to go on Netflix or to go back, Mm -hmm. like I haven't seen Mm -hmm. some of the attempts. Mm-hmm. And at, at some of these these superhero movies mm-hmm. in the seventies and eighties, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty comical. Mm-hmm. Like that, so now, because but I was like, well, gosh, you know, the story's already there; it's already been written. Yeah, you know. Uh, so if maybe Teen Titans could be, uh, if I could pick a wheelhouse. dream role,
4: probably Raven.
0: Okay, perfect. I would
4: love to be Raven. That's perfect.
0: Yeah. I also I just feel like that you have unlimited potential here, and I feel like that. What we're seeing right now, mark my words here, is like in like. <laughs> Two years, five years, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is going to be like, oh, that was one of Megan's first interviews. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like fingers crossed. Yeah, like this is going to be like one of those, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like, I remember when I did that interview. You I know? remember
4: when she was a little baby. Yeah, right,
0: exactly. Yeah. I feel like that that's that's what we're creating right now mm-hmm. is that that future just superstar and this Thank is this is, the, this is where it all began kind of thing but mm-hmm. but again this isn't like your first role you do you do have quite a few things under your belt yeah tell our listeners about some of the other things that you've been in
4: um well the very first thing that i did was awkward and i was in a little scene from that and i remember they flew me out i had a trailer very luxurious yeah. <laughs> and um they flew me out and i filmed the scene and i was like Okay. Because it was my first time filming in L.A. And then I did a movie, Gallows Road, which shot local in Alito. And um, that took that we filmed that for, gosh, I can't even remember how long. I filmed it when I was maybe 10 or 11, 12, one of those, or probably all of those took a while. But um, that was probably the first, like, big thing I had done. And so that taught me how to like and I made a lot of friends and some of the most of the people that worked on Gells road also worked on edge of the world okay so the homey feel from Gells road yeah. carried on to edge of yeah. the world so I was already like okay like I've, I know some of these people right. I'm comfortable here um and that'll
0: translate your performance of course yeah, yeah. yes
4: because yeah. I already felt pretty good where I was at um I'm trying to think of some other stuff I oh I was on scandal made me famous and murder made me famous I was okay. young Heidi Fleiss and oh, I forget the other name, Jody, Jody Arias. Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> young Heidi Fleiss. <laughs> yes.
4: So those were fun. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I mean, I mean, like, like, were you? How were they portraying a young Heidi Fleiss in this? Like, like, were you like um, she, being mean to your dog or something? <laughs> yeah, she
4: yeah. Heidi Fleiss. Um, was she murder or scandal?
0: Uh, scandal.
2: She had the ring of babysitters.
4: Yeah. Okay. So Heidi Fleiss. I, the scenes that I did... At first, I was um, being rude to my little sister. And then I was in my bedroom with a group of girls... And I was mapping out the babysitting jobs... And like how much money I get from it. So I was a little... I had a little...
5: I was right. a ringleader.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so that was funny. And then Jody Arias... They had me watering a marijuana plant. A fake marijuana plant. And then I get arrested. And there's one picture that I always look on... Because it cracks me up for murder... Made me famous. And it's the cop, the guy who was playing the cop had me in handcuffs, and he was going like this, (laughs) and I was like... Staring at him, <laughs> the best picture I think I've ever taken. Because there's a marijuana plant on the table. The cop is so excited, and I'm done.
0: Okay, we have to put this up at trickykid.com so you can see. I'll
4: <laughs> send it to you. You gotta it's see so Megan, good.
0: you know, in her pot farm. My uh, first arrest. Yeah, and your your first arrest. <laughs> yes. Like like the whole like you know where it all went wrong. This is
4: this yeah, is. exactly.
0: Well, that is that, that sounds like that was a blast. That sounds it like was. That was a lot of fun. Yeah uh so last but not least what do you think uh in terms of something that would really challenge you like something Mm -hmm. that you would really like to challenge yourself to do uh Mm -hmm. period uh do two of them do two in your uh, professionally and one personally like maybe personally you might be like skydiving or something but like oh yes yeah but what would what would what is something in your professional career in terms of a role that you would love to do because Mm -hmm. of the challenges
4: I think I would love to do a girl who is hardcore, like, struggling through something. Because emotional scenes always are where I get kind of iffy. I love drama. I love comedy. But crying and emotional always stresses me out. Because I'm scared that, like, if I get too vulnerable, it'll just be weird. Or if I'm not vulnerable enough, it'll be unbelievable. So that's definitely one place where I would... Absolutely love to challenge myself, and get and have a part where she at least has one mental breakdown. Yeah. That like, sounds kind of weird. I want to have a mental breakdown, but your girl interrupted
0: moment, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
4: That I feel like that would be a good dream role.
0: Well, you're but you're so I think that would be great too because you're, you're so likable and you come off it, you. It, it is such a such a, an immediately likable person. So if you had to play somebody that was. Kind of mean, yeah. Kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something where you're trying to inspire fear of some sort yes. or some sort of thing. Uh, that would be that would be neat to see that happen yeah. at some point. See how how yeah. how, how that is handled. Yes. So, why don't you tell uh, our listeners and those watching on Tricky Kid TV where can they find you on the interweb so they can learn out more more about you and your awesome career?
4: Um, I am on IMDb. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at the Megan Dalby. I'm on Facebook at the Megan Dalby and kind of embarrassing. I have a YouTube page, but I don't use it that much. It was just kind of like a funny thing I did last summer. So this will be on
0: YouTube. This will be
4: on, on. There you go. You can. I'm on YouTube at Megan Dalby. It was a long time ago. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's funny to make fun of me. So yeah. go ahead and make your jokes. I'm good with it.
0: She's totally good with it because yeah. you're looking at the, the the rocket to stardom. It <laughs> begins you. here. So there's nothing you can do to her YouTube <laughs> thing to embarrass her. Uh, Megan, I'm so glad that you were able to make it today. And, and, oh, and, thank you so much. And able to join us. Uh, again, like I said, I wish you all the best and the luck with your career. Thank you. uh, Edge of the World, go see it. It deserves to be seen. It yes. deserves to be supported. It's a great yes. story. Megan is fantastic in it so is the entire cast Mm -hmm. Uh, Vindication, keep your eyes out looking up for that (laughs) Uh, and you'll be seeing links and all this to our on our website at trickykid.com and once again, Megan Dalby thank you so much
4: thank you, thank you and so
6: hi, this is Natalie Cox I play Juno Eclipse in The Force Unleashed and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Tanner this particular movie, which is more of a, a family kind of film with some really wholesome values in it, which is a departure for me. Right. As a new father, it was a really uh, great to put some good medicine into the world. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'd, he- I don't, I'd always heard, like, people when they have kids, they start to, like Eddie Murphy started showing up in kids' movies. Right, right. And I was <laughs> like, why would you do that just because you have a kid? And so this is my valentine to new fra- new parenthood and, right this is your daddy daycare right that's right I'm, I'm hopefully i have no intention of staying in that realm right this, that, that was an added incentive well um, i tell you this we're uh, uh my wife and i are having
0: our first child in august so congratulations. i thank you uh and you might be able to you might be seeing her later on this evening so if you see a a gorgeous pregnant woman she's she's with me right <laughs> But I, I say that because I thought it was important that uh, I love this festival, and I thought, but it was this is one of the only really truly family-oriented films. Uh, was that important as well for you? Like you said,
6: it was amazing to be because um, there's a subtle faith-based family. El- there's a family film for sure, but there's a subtle faith-based element in it, for very sure. subtle. Yeah. So to be embraced by a really badass secular film festival. Yeah. I thought was, I mean, really... Because we had also been accepted to a pretty large um, faith-based film festival. Okay. Again, a first for me, and, and definitely off the beaten track. But to be embraced by such a cool, you know, respected festival like this one was, was really... Yeah. To be, to be, like, sort of know that we're... We made a film that transcends, you know, both of those kind of worlds.
0: Well, because one... one the reputation that this this festival has is, is how diverse it is, and it's one of the reasons why I like this festival so much. Because you can see such a great variety of uh, films, um, was there any in terms of competition? Is it you know, uh, you know, playing up against other different films? But you got wow. such a prime real estate slot on a Saturday night during opening weekend. Um, do you attribute that to the gentleman's good luck here, to my right here? Is that, <laughs> is that is that is that? Did you, did you carry this film, Will? Well,
5: I mean, what can I say? No, no, uh, it was absolutely a team effort. I, like, every single person in this film brought everything they could to the table, and uh, I was very, very lucky to work with every single one of them. For sure,
0: for sure. So, talk to me a little bit about your background. Uh, I know that you've uh, had some other projects uh, going on. What What do you think prepared you the most for
5: the character of Jeremy? Um, well, prior to coming out to... Uh, Amarillo to start filming the uh, writer and then director Charlotte, she gave me a call and let me know You know, I, I had read the full script at that point and so I knew more or less what it was about and um, I didn't know it was based on like an actual place For sure. You know, okay, I sure. not yeah. know that Cal Farley's was a, was a real place and Boys Ranch and it, you know, it took in kids from with actual problems coming from troubled backgrounds and right. giving them this environment to grow and be supported in and uh, so prior to that, I didn't know much, but um, she kind of gave me the breakdown. Let me know, you know, this, we're going to be on a cross country team, so start running. Yeah, <laughs> start, start doing that. It was a lot of running.
0: Did you have any any athletic background at all? I mean, you look like um, you would.
5: I I'm a dancer, and okay. uh, I I. I, I I enjoy water sports as well I, I surf I, uh, I was on the swim team for a while but uh, not, no, no, no track of fear really right but hey
0: that. but any of those purists out there that are watching right now dancing is as athletic
5: and as tr- challenging take it from somebody that's an actual dancer like I yeah, it's it, it takes a lot out of you, and yeah. uh, <laughs> to have to put on a show on top of that, it's uh...
0: right because you're also performing. So right, you know exactly. what I mean, so like you know, Michael Phelps is just headed for
6: the goal there. Yeah, He's right. not trying to put on a show there. Right. So you yeah, know, I keep a smile all the time. <laughs> uh,
5: but uh, yeah, was, yeah.
0: W- was that a challenge for you at all?
5: Um, I mean, of course, but it was also I had a lot of fun doing it, right. and uh, you know, I had the other my other castmates to keep me company. They were in the same boat with me. I felt like. Uh, you know we were we were a troop you know we were in it together so i mean it it got exhausting some days and other days we were just having fun but uh it it was all around a pleasure for sure for sure
0: so um now i wanted to know without any spoilers i really want people to be able to see this film without any other than the fact that that they know that it's good and it's worth seeing uh but there's a there's a scene in the film that's very very emotional um uh, involving, of course, Jonathan, and as he's running across the field. And later in the film, your your character re- has a, has a scene with him that were you kind of re- kind of re- reacting or kind of relating to that. When it came to those kinds of scenes, what did you draw from to be able to
5: deliver such a, such a, such sincerity there? Um, I mean these these kids that the characters were based off of have gone through terrible, terrible traumatic experience that I wouldn't wish on anybody, and I was lucky enough to never have experienced anything to that degree, but, um, I mean, nothing personal, I'm, I'm, I'm not a method actor, not to, uh, not to put that down, but, um uh,
0: yeah, I mean, like I said, what what would be your your technique or something? Because for someone who's not a method actor, right, to yeah, be I, able to be so believable like that, you it's,
5: know, you kind of just have to put yourself in the situation, you know, like picture, you know, for example, losing someone very close right, to you, right, sure, or, sure. or uh, just like a tremendous loss or setback that you know you would never wish on anybody, just something. Yeah. And it's tough to, especially if you've never experienced anything like that before. But that's, yeah. you know, it's part of the job. Right. So, right. I uh, had great teachers, you know. So, since you were also
0: the editor, tell me uh, a part of the editing process that was the toughest for you. Because I mean, I'm sure that with a film like this, I'm sure we didn't see all the emotional scenes. Um, what What was something that you had to? Because uh, there's no filler in this film. It's very, it's very it's paced, very, very well. Was there something challenging there that you wish that could have stayed in the film?
6: Well, I can answer that like really specifically because there was a scene where Coach Davis went to visit one of his former students who had kind of gotten graduated from the boys' ranch and gotten into trouble and was in jail. Okay. And it was one of my favorite scenes, but it was right at the same point in the movie where he was going to visit. Oh, I don't want to give a spoiler. Right. Sure. There's another sort of tragic part to his arc and I felt like you know I just loved the scene unto itself but in the flow of the movie it was doubling down on that theme of loss and you just needed one
0: yeah and you gotta kind of cut that cut the fat there sometimes I think when
6: you I think I think that is when you're not sure you told the story and you tell something twice or you don't completely trust that you've told it so you wanna do it again like double down on something. sudden so it's kind of a thematically redundant scene, although yeah. unto itself, it was one of my favorite scenes. So I like that how, was a challenge. I like how well lit, where did you guys shoot this at? We shot in West Texas outside of Amarillo, and Gilbert Solace is the cinematographer, and he's a brilliant kind of guy. Fantastic. And he was really restrained. Uh, we shot on two red cameras, so we had all the color latitude in the world, and he was very restrained, and we wanted to give it like a... Uh, sort of a tender mercies Paris, Texas kind of yeah, right, so he was right. he we could have saturated it and done all that, but he I, we were watching it and it kind of felt like a seventies palette in places
0: it does kind of have that it, it kind of looks kind of like um it <laughs> doesn't sound kind of strange, but I loved your movie poster because um you're too young to remember this, but you you might um whenever you go to truck stops in Texas and you could get the little uh impulse buy of like the the cassette—it's always these compilations. Right. It's like twelve Golden Country hits or something, right. and it, it, it's always—it's designed to be very homogene- yeah. you know, homogenized. Um, The—the the poster has that feel-good vibe to it, you know, just like in the same way it was. Like I don't know what's on that cassette, but I—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm in, you know. I like the way that was presented. Was that on purpose or was that? I think just it, a product it was an, it an
6: extension tel- of our overall aesthetic uh, with the palette. But actually, my wife. Designed the poster. Oh, so we were. Sort of Give her my regards, all, please. Right, I will. we were wearing all sorts of hats in yeah. my house. First. It takes it takes an army, right? See, I course approved it immediately. But yeah, you know? but yeah, so so it's just an extension of the, the overall palette. Yeah.
0: There was is such a great cast. Like I said, you know, on uh, you know on you know last night, of course, we had the premiere, um, and before that, you know, we had spoken um, uh, with uh, with Megan Dalby uh, and Jonathan Davis. Uh, just a great great cast. Um, working all together with this kind of not necessarily unknown but kind of a new cast what was was there any sort of like competition for you like in a healthy sort of way that you think might have brought you know what I mean like there's there's not like one super well known actor and a bunch and a couple of unknowns
6: that are, might be a little intimidated
0: do you think that was a strength that the film had
6: it's amazing because there were some, like you said, there was an, a, definitely some drastically different levels of experience. For sure, yeah. There were some people who had done nothing, and there were some people who had done some things, and there were, of course, the, um, the chaplain, Richard T. Jones, and the yeah. coach, but Trevor St. John, who had a lot of experience. For sure, for sure. And everyone, you know, it's funny about the competition because it is a film about competition. Right, so right, some, right. There are a lot of scenes where, you know, there's some flexing of the testosterone. Yeah, right. And so I think that comes out in the characters, and maybe you got to. Between the character of Dwight and Jay, played by um, Noah Alford and Jonathan Davis, they had a, a, a serious kind of alpha male rivalry sure. in the film. And I felt, yeah. like some, I felt like at times, because it was so physical, that some of that came out. As soon as it was cut, it was like throw the football and laugh. So they're actors. Yeah, they right, right, take right. It home with them. So, and, and I think overall, it was a really, a really a team effort because we had no choice. We were under such tight schedule, For sure. Everyone was just such a team player
0: how did you identify with this character in terms of like when, when it was presented to you uh, and you, you signed on it for uh, agreed to do it um, how much would you say that this character is, is something that you could you could potentially see yourself doing and, and being in, in,
5: in real time um, well I, I I connected personally a little bit to the uh, the idea of the boys' ranch because my uh, I'm the oldest of five. Okay. And the second oldest brother is adopted, so we we saw a lot of that side of you know family and, for sure. and yeah. taking in a new um, member that wasn't you know technically blood, but welcoming them as if they are family because he was and he is. He's yeah. You know, I, my mom. Teases him about like you know she she did give birth to him and right he, you know um, so there was that element of you know the the the, the taking in of kids and guiding them and uh, helping them find their way and um, so there's there's that angle of it and I guess just the um, you know they're, they're 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 all they're just kids and they're they're facing problems. That no one their age should have to deal with at that. That's point the in real lies. thing I, that
0: I took from it too. Is it? Is it? It's something we can relate to, but it's almost like it's something that happens to other people. And so right. when you, but you, but you know that you it exists. It's stuff you read in the news, and it's just yeah. like,
5: wow, this I can't imagine. But you're kind of forced to, and yeah. you have to step into that. And um,
0: it kind of it's an important film in that right because it also is it illuminates it for Absolutely. you know for either those that haven't been exposed to it or those who have, and maybe they can also can kind of find some comfort in it too mm-hmm. you know so
5: yeah yeah so i, I guess for that to that at that angle it was it was kind of very explorative and it, yeah. I, I i do owe a lot of it to randy and helping me get there and um you know just the writing and, sure. and the other actors that i was working with you know richard was a was, there's was some scenes in there that i had one-on-one with him and he he was such a pleasure to work with and he was very very gracious and you know, helping like just giving me yeah know, his best so for sure. And you know, which is going to
0: raise your game. It's like right, a, exactly. exactly. You know, it's like a rock and roll festival. You know, we're going to be playing in front we of your of peers, man. Other, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna ring our A game there. Yes, so that's exactly. cool. So, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I'll tell you one thing that I I think that it's that's important too about about the film. Um, it kind of sets a precedent because we're seeing things in this film that you really have never seen before with this subject. At least, at least I've never seen it. Um, in terms of that it's sympathetic without being too insincere or unbelievable. Moving forward with the film, you said it, it played well with a non-secular as well as a secular audience. Was there anything, any, any of the scenes in the film that you were concerned that may be... Well, Controversial is not the right word, but it, but it's definitely confronting.
6: It's a really great question. Um, there's one scene that I wrote when I... Uh, once we were kind of halfway through the filming, when, when the chaplain and the coach were walking at dusk, and the coach kind of asks the chaplain if he's ever lost faith, the chaplain has a response that I, when I, in some of my screenings um, with friends and peers, as I was collecting notes, they were concerned that one, one response was that that wasn't the chaplain, the chaplain was saying wasn't biblical.
3: Oh, so they're wow. real sticklers. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I
6: only heard that once, although I did think about that. It was yeah. kind of like, that's a thing, you know, like, is it biblical? Yeah. But that's the only, you know, the, the film isn't sort of burdened by that criteria right? a large sense. I didn't think so, yeah. Yeah, and I think it turns out that I have only heard that once, that I was wondering if that was going to be a thing. Right, or, like, right. That side of the audience. It doesn't seem to have been a big deal, but I did have a concern.
0: But, it, but, that, but that was that was the question, kind of like, man, how is this gonna, you know? Uh, so, what is the plan moving forward? Because you know, it doesn't feel. It's kind of like, obviously, the movie I would compare it to kind of is, is a, a Walk to Remember. I'm sure you probably are going you're going to be hearing that a lot, and I don't want to. Maybe I'll, I'm the first, but maybe it'll be the you'll hear it. But uh, that movie didn't suffer from kind of the same fate that a lot of like Christian rock. Does it's like Christian rock is in this very almost isolated cut kind of thing. Um, I don't see that happening with this film. But but moving forward, what is your strategy? Are you are you trying to do anything? Are you playing it specifically to a non secular crowd in terms of a, of, a, of a strategy,
6: or is this? I think we're in the happy place that um, I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah, and let it like. Do its thing. Like I, 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 think you know, it's definitely going to end up in all the platforms that you can, you know, pay and download and For do sure. all that. Whatever theatrical life it has, the theatrical life of a independent film is the shortest part of its life. That's even, right. Even at, its, even when it's a super successful. Yeah. Run. So that part. I know I just want as many people as possible to see it and have it speak for itself. Yeah. In terms Let of, them decide, right? Yeah, in terms of branding it, like it could be on Netflix and it could be on PureFlix. Yeah. And I'm see, really proud of that. And see, I want on
0: both. Okay, that's that's a great way of saying it. Say, I, I, say it again. It, 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 it could play on Netflix and PureFlix. That should be your tagline, man. Like, right. That maybe, should be. Maybe uh, I just invented the tagline. Yeah, yeah. you just like, you should, that's, that's, that's the PR right there, you know? Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thanks for having us. Um, Before we go, tell everybody where they can they can find the film, where they can find you, they can find out more. Uh, obviously, there is a you know uh, this is a real issue, and, and you know that really happens. Um, we'll have links to all this that are watching on uh, Tricky Kid TV and also on Uh Also coming live on the uh, closing night on Thursday, we'll be repeating all this and you'll be able to uh, see all the clickable links so you can find out more. Not only to find out more about some real life uh, uh, happenings uh, with, with, you know, with this, this kind of story. Uh, but also to find out about the film. So where can they where can they learn more about you guys and the film and everything? Right
6: else? now we are on Facebook and Instagram. It's at edge of the world film. Okay. Um, and that's where all of our stuff is being posted right now okay Um, and then any news about uh, festival appearances and and future releases and all the news will be there okay and if there are other links we'll point you to them from those two places
0: fantastic and you sir Uh,
5: I am on Instagram at Will Myers official and Twitter at W Myers official and uh, I'm on Facebook as well it's a business page just Will Myers um I'm on IMDb. I actually work with an organization uh, that promotes mental health and works to prevent suicide. Fantastic. Specifically. So do we. Perfect. Good. That's amazing. your uh, organization? It's called the Jordan Porco Foundation. Oh, okay. So good, good. They're on Instagram. They have several pro- like so, like sure. individual programs out. So there's Fresh Check Day, which is on Instagram. It's at Fresh Check Day. Uh, there's 9 out of 10 JPF, and they just launched a new program called For What's Next, the number Four What's Next. Uh, And those are all on Instagram and Twitter as well, I believe.
0: Fantastic. So everybody watching out there on Tricky Kid TV, again, I want to welcome my guests and thank them so much for joining us. See Edge of the World. It's a great, 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 great film. Come on down to the Dallas International Film Festival. Um, you guys, uh, the screenings uh, have already been co- have already been completed. Uh, but again, I do want you to seek out this film, uh, and uh, and I, I know you guys, I know you know the festival season kind of takes a break during the summertime. Hey, what's up? This is Rick Ockburger the WWE sign guy. Oh my lord! Yeah. All right, everybody, we're live here at the Dallas International Film Festival 2018. Sitting to my right here is uh, Ty Roberts. Uh, he is the, the writer and director of the Iron Orchard, which is uh, was it, is it premiering here at the festival? We
2: premiered last night. Uh, that's right. I'm the director. Actually, the writer is Jerry Danielle.
0: Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. So you guys, you guys had the premiere last night.
2: Yeah, we had our premiere last night. Sold out crowd. It was uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I had to do up my seat because I wanted some of my technical advisors to kind of come in and. Uh, to witness the, uh, the big day. So, yeah, it was awesome.
0: So talk to me a little bit about the inspiration behind making this film.
2: Uh, the film is based on a book that was a very well-known and respected book uh, written in the 60s okay. that uh, kind of got famous because of uh, what, one, like the Texas Book of Letters Award alongside The Last Picture Show.
0: Um, okay, well, the one with Jeff Bridges, and I remember. I, yeah, I was a I was a late person to that. Like a, it's one of those classic films you hear about your whole life, yeah. and but I didn't see it till I was like thirty. You know what I mean? And yeah. I loved it, and it's like one of my favorite movies. I was like, what took me so long?
5: Yeah, right, know? right, right,
2: right. No, it's kind of like yeah, you're right. It's a classic that kind of gets lost. And have someone pushing you to see it. But, you know, the book was written by Kermit McMurtry and, and he shared the
0: award. Can you hear me okay still?
5: Pause. Cool.
2: Yeah. So the Iron Orchard uh, co-won the Texas Book Letters for with the uh, Last Picture Show. So what happened? The last picture show went on and Bogdanovich uh, made uh, a movie, one movie that was nominated for the Academy Awards. And the Iron Orchard actually never was until before. The However, they did try to make them. Clint Eastwood, Paul Newman. Steve McQueen at one time or another each of them were
0: to play. So they were, they were attached to it and now talk to our one thing about our show is that we like to kind of break it down um, like infotainment I mean instead of just like interviews with people like you know, those questions that you always want to know the answers to, but you just don't. Like, how is a movie made? How is a movie sold? How is a movie bought? What's a film festival? You know, they think that it's like, oh, we just, a bunch of movies are being shown, but these movies are here to be shown for a reason, and a lot, and, you know, there's business to be done here. Sure. So, t- tell our audience a little bit how that works. Like, when you're attached to a film, walk me through that process.
2: Right. Well, you know, back in the day, um, I think what happens is the producer grabs a story Attaches themselves to the story, and they basically push it, and they slowly but surely uh, try to get talent. In it.
0: So, when they attach themselves to it, like like like, what does that mean? Like, do they buy something? Do they buy the rights to something? Yeah, do they, they
2: typically buy the literary rights to it, and then raise some money and try to develop it and package the project? I see. Okay. Okay. So between director, producer, actors, uh, writer. Right. Uh, apparently, the first script written was written by a guy. Uh, of like right now, when he wrote Shenandoah and the Green Berets, a bunch of John Wayne. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, who you're, talk- I know who you're talking about. If you'd asked me 10 minutes ago, I would have won a prize or something. I think it's Barrett, somebody Barrett. Right, right.
2: Um, anyhow, uh, I think the project is too big. It was a huge, huge budgeted sort of. You know, the scope of the film is, is quite large, and the novel is 360 pages. so Good lord. Uh, it spans 30 years, so you really either have to do it big and, and you know. High budget, or break it down to the bare essentials like we did it. Right, and right, right. Do it on a minuscule one. So.
0: But at the same time, the movie's fantastic. It doesn't really seem like a, I mean, I mean, obviously it's not a um, what's the like an Ang Lee film, but it doesn't, ha- you know, it has a, it has a kind of a happy medium. I felt was like a, like an indie film, but it also has you know that same quality that you would want to do a, a book like that justice. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge for you to be able to kind of walk that line?
2: Well, you know, uh, time. Uh, well, <laughs> right. It's all time and money, right? Right. Um, the big vistas in West Texas, which is where the story takes place, I mean, you can point a camera out there and get a view of Oh, yeah, for um, sure. The problem is, is when you're out there and there's no sort of facility or production.
0: When you said out, West Texas, what studio did you shoot it at?
2: Uh, well... What, studio? Yeah. No, we shot it out in the
0: field. So. Well, Always why I did we just toured the facilities uh, of a place called New Republic Studios, which oh. is right outside of uh, Austin. Austin. Yeah, in Elgin, uh, and it's John Robinson and yeah. Mindy Raymond, and we had them on recently, and uh, and we just toured the, we just did a big tour out there, so I was wondering, hey, would that be cool if you had shot it there? Yeah, no, you know? they're
2: great. I know John and, and Mindy. Um, we were actually uh, six hours west of Austin, in the middle of nowhere. So there were no production facilities whatsoever, and all the locations were, like, real ranches and real oil rooms. Right, right. And so what makes it challenging is sometimes between shoots and locations, you have to travel 45 minutes an hour. Yeah. So right. That takes time off your day. Yeah. And when you're working a 12-hour day, as you know, standard rates apply. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's right. It's taking an hour to get there and an hour to get back. So instead of having a 12-hour shoot day, you're shooting 10.
0: And that's and that's costly. That's what I thought was so cool about that studio because you actually can stay there and yeah. just, and it's out in Bastrop County, so you can blow stuff up. So <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: that's true. That's true. No, I know. We thought about it. We thought about a couple of scenes out there, but we ended up to save money, staying mostly in West right? Texas.
0: That's fantastic. So how long was the shoot for? Uh,
2: 25 days. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. it was 25 days. That's... that's,
0: that's, that's yeah. so, to, to somebody that doesn't know about that, would that be a long shoot?
2: Uh, it's not considered long. Right. No, it's actually pretty short considering okay. the, the actual story. Uh, nearly a 95-page script or 100-page script, I think. Yeah, it's pretty short. Um, you know, we had it down to the wire literally weeks before... Uh, shooting, I was working with the assistant director to uh, cut the script down so we could actually fit it into our schedule. Right, right, uh, right. Uh, right. My <laughs> assistant director and, and producer George Sledge is sort of a master of um, uh, economizing things and he's a great storyteller. And so we would kind of break stuff down and think, okay, what can we really lose here? Yeah, right. And what can't we lose? And so it was a process and it was kind of painful, you know, right? For minute. sure. And having to do it so quickly, and not knowing if it was the right, thing you know, to cut out or not, but ultimately, you know, it worked out. I think it worked out real well, and you know, he helped me sort of craft it together
0: at the end. Well, there's been a big buzz about this. Actually, you, you played it to a to a sold out crowd last night. Like, what was? Uh, um, I mean, obviously, you make you make these movies for those very, very reasons. But what was? Is there even something about the response to this film that, that, that came unexpected for you? Um,
2: you never know how how an audience is going to respond. Right. Right. And, They they got the nuances of it. Yeah. Most seem to, anyway. Because, you know, it's a story about a uh, a young man who goes out to West Texas to find a sort of way and work his way up the oil fields and he makes a bunch of money and then he loses it. It's sort of his, the terror of life between ambition and love. Right, right. Simplicity versus, you know. And who can't can't relate
0: to that, you know? It's a very relatable story.
2: It crosses over all boundaries. But the thing is, is, you know, it has this sort of oil thing necessarily it takes place a little right. really about this character and this this one man and his sort of journey in life and like what he defines the what, I think the goal is, is you know we know Texas is going to love it right sure and so we just got to get it out there and like see how it you know is it accepted abroad is it something that uh, you know could play in Europe you know I brought in a French uh, cinematographer Matthew Van who uh was the first time he had been in Texas and my whole sort of reasoning was if, if I could bring a foreign eye out here, you know, maybe it will give it an edge. I think it's a smart
0: st- strategy yeah. because because you don't want to just preach to the choir. I mean you're you know, you're it's great to have a Texas movie made by Texans for Texans in Texas, but you know, at the same time, uh, you know, like I said there's a reason why that's a cliche, you know. So I think it was pretty smart to be able to do that. Why? Why French? Was that because it was available, or well, we had gone through a, a
2: Belgian, uh, an Englishman, and then we finally got to a Frenchman. Um, i I'm just this sounds like a game of risk, drive, actually. Drive,
0: drive.
2: I'm a big fan of, of European cinema. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, for sure. Love Latin. Yeah, Good. As well. And so my eye is probably more attuned to that sort of storytelling okay. than anything else. So I was focusing abroad. And two, Matthew just responded to this in a way that no one... It was a fit. Yeah.
0: And you you know when it's a fit. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, this guy came over straight from France. Well, he was actually in Japan. Had flown, I think, to France. And then he actually lives in New York right now. But uh, came out to West Texas and was a, a, a gladiator. I mean, he was just in the trenches, never complained. The heat didn't even hardly get
0: to him. So, because, you, you mean you know, people, it's kind of like, you know, I moved to New York in 2006, and I was there for almost 10 years, and I had, to ha- had that culture shock. People hear about Texas their whole life, especially Europeans who grew up on the show Dallas. Sure. And they get here and go, man, it is hot, or, or it's like the weather changed, especially in North Texas, it changes so, so quickly. Yeah. Was that something you had to deal with as well? Like, 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 talk a little bit about that to people that may not quite grasp how quickly the elements change here in Texas.
2: Yeah, uh, on day one, we had uh, probably the first half to three-quarters of the day driving shots, and it was like 102 or three uh, dry heat, so it was nice, but nonetheless, uh, shooting uh, from the back of a car at another car with a jib, and just a very challenging, stressful thing. Yeah, uh, right, by sure. By the time we got to our second location, which was uh, a guy walking up to a, a gas station, uh, West Texas haboob, blew in. And haboob is a uh, basically a sandstorm followed by a thunderstorm. Right. So it's uh, we called it a twofer. <laughs> yeah yeah. You, you you normally would see this uh, maybe in the Sahara or something like that. But um, we we had to actually shut down and go seek uh, refuge in a church uh, in the middle of this tiny for like Crossroads town and the Haboob blew through and like 45 minutes, and we went back and shot the second part of the scene. Uh, the only difference was is <laughs> the road was left. Right, we, like, right. we framed the road out and everything like that. But uh, it really set us behind, though, because we were already behind. You know, and it was just a, uh, not a great first day in that regard. It did create quite a beautiful sky, in a sense, but sure. it screwed up our continuity. And, uh, you know, from one shot to the next, yeah.
0: yeah. Now, were you aware of that at the time, thinking that this is going to be a problem in the editing room?
2: Well, no. You, you know, we, we kind of figured out how to shoot because literally, I have a picture. One part of the sky is cloudy; the other part of the sky is clear. Yeah, it's really insane. Yeah, so that is insane. We just shot with the continuity face towards the clear sky.
0: Talk about this cast a little bit, because you landed some some great names here in terms, or just leave some great talent. Uh, here, uh, talk about, talk about that process a little bit.
2: Sure, uh, our lead actor Lane Garrison, um, you know, he, he's a, just a wonderful guy, a very talented, dedicated actor. And, and last year, he was nominated for a People's Choice Award for supporting the movie. Just, you know, the guy is, is just so talented, yeah, and he was so great in the film, just filmed. very passionate. And he read the script a couple of years ago. In within reading the script within the day I committed to it and you know we had to meet yeah meet right sure to have it. but sure. He, he was just from day one so passionate about the project and the story and had a lot of lot to relate to the actual story himself personally right okay um, the, the Iron Orchard is about a young guy from sort of a, uh, a broken home his parents had passed away yeah um, and he's sort of just out on his own trying to find his way in the world and Lane had a very similar. experience. When he went out to LA to first become an actor, right? He was a Dallas guy um, grew up in McKinney and uh, drove out to Dallas when he was like 18. Years old.
0: Did you know the backstory before he, he auditioned? No, no, oh, I okay.
2: Didn't. I knew he was from Texas, um, but as I sort of learned about him, I thought, you know, this guy has got—he had you know, He's fought his way to the top. He's he's overcome, a tremendous amount, and he'll, he's he's going to be able to pull. It. Right. Movie, in the, in the and to me that's how I like to cast that, you know, to, to try to bring in people who can relate to these experiences and has that authenticity right yeah. yeah Well, either to be able to be really talented and to be able to have the willingness to go there because yeah. some of our other cast didn't quite have the experience of playing with it but they were just really ambitious in wanting to go there yeah you know brought in a Girl to play a West Texas you know, character yeah. uh, who had never been here from Chicago. And, uh, you know, her first day, Allie Cobra, wonderful, beautiful, classic beauty, uh, you know, my little Liz Taylor. Yeah, right, right. Said, uh, got to set on the first day and saw a cow and was you know, absolutely mesmerized that it
0: was a cow. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, we sure. take it for granted that sometimes you don't have to even go out into the country and you go see your relative about 10 minutes outside of town and you'll you'll yeah. see some... Some livestock there, yeah, you know. She couldn't believe it. Well, so in closing, tell everybody where they might be able to see it. And, of course, it premiered here at the festival. Yeah. What is the plan moving forward?
2: Yeah, well, we have another screening Monday uh, at 5 at the Magnolia. Um, but after that, we're, we're doing the festival again. Okay. It's kind of a strange season. It, it slows down a little bit over the summer. Right. Probably. But it picks back up August, September, uh, October. And so we should have a uh festival.
0: Be a yeah, because you've got Sundance in January, yeah. South by Southwest in March, March. and then, of course, you got right here at the Dallas International Film Festival yeah. here, in, here in May.
2: Yeah, yeah. Austin happen, Austin Film Festival in October, which yeah. is great
0: festival. Right, right, and you have that, again, back to Austin in October, and I think Toronto was around that time, too, is it right? Around that same time. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: So everything sort of slows down here right now. There's a couple of uh Sure. submitting uh, but hadn't heard from anybody yet so. well
0: I hope I hope you do I think this is an important film I think it needs to be seen I'm glad that you made it uh, and again like I said not only does it you know speak directly to a Texas audience I think it does have a wide appeal and I would love to see how it plays to a much different audience
2: well that's the hope yeah, yeah. we hope the uh, sort of Texas story has a, a much broader appeal so for sure mm-hmm.
0: where can people can find out more about you and, and the film and your production company and all that on the interwebs Give us a couple plugs there, Ty. And
2: IronOrchardMovie.com. dot
0: uh, com. No, IronOrchardFilm.com. dot. Yeah. Okay, be clear about that.
2: Yeah, and and Facebook. And, you know,
0: the, the usual suspects yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. So, Good.
2: You. I appreciate that. We'll link up to you guys too, You we'll have something for sure. Ready to go. So.
0: And, a little bit, and for all listeners out there and those that are watching on Tricky Kid TV as well, we want to say hello to them and hold that up there. Uh, there will be links on the website, of course, at trickykid.com. Of course, uh, on the show this coming Thursday uh, for closing night, you'll be able to hear and see everything that we're doing here and links. So check out the Iron Orchard. Ty, my friend absolutely a pleasure to have you here uh, and uh, man i'm gonna i'm gonna have to see it again I, I really enjoyed it i was thinking about it all day today it was okay. one of those movies that you see it you think about it and I, you know i i was telling uh, you, your girl the uh, uh, the press agent i was like man i was like get him up here i got i have questions okay good so uh, hear
2: it, hear that. it you was you a, don't have to be an old man to like
0: it <laughs> you don't you don't i will say that and i'm not an old man tie so old <laughs> man yeah old man <laughs> that's right that's right thank that's you brother right. appreciate you and one thing i wanted to mention also of course is our youtube channel which is tricky kid tv and what's going to be so great about this is that today you're getting the extended inter, you know audio of the interviews with Megan Dalby and as well as uh, Will and Randy uh, from Edge of the World and, of course, Ty from Iron Orchard. But what's going to be cool is that next week if you go to, to um, YouTube and type in Tricky Kid TV, there's actually going to be a video. You're going to see a, the video of me interviewing... Megan and uh, also an interview of me interviewing uh, Randy and Will uh, as well as Ty uh, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, It's going to be a little bit of a a mixture of everything that you've heard here but a little bit different and uh, some extra footage and it's going to be all on our YouTube channel which is Tricky Kid TV. So if you go on to YouTube type in Tricky Kid TV and click subscribe and get ready to see those interviews next week. We want to thank the great sponsors of Tricky Kid Radio, uh, which include Bulletproof Coffee, uh, also Whole Foods, and their 365 brand. Uh, and so much more. We want to thank Gatorade uh, and all the proud sponsors of Tricky Kid Radio that keep this show rolling and keep us rocking, and so we're able to bring shows just like this to you each and every single Thursday. And that's why you want to subscribe. And also, if you go to TrickyKid.com, you'll see way more pictures of everything we're talking about. And also, uh, if you click on the sponsor links there, they'll throw a couple bucks back our way, and it's able to us to kind of kind of keep the lights on and bring shows just like this for each and every single week so we do appreciate um, all of our sponsors and all of our listeners out there uh, of tricky kid radio and those watching tricky kid tv
1: wow what a great show this week this is for some really great guests
0: Yes, I'm so proud of this week's show, and I'm so glad that you said that, and I'm so glad that you feel that way too because, I mean, such great talent. Uh, What a great time at the Dallas International Film Festival. Uh, I was so glad to see the programming and such stellar kind of, you know, just such great choices they made for the programming this year.
1: I think so too. Um, I really enjoyed being able to come and, and see this film and and the others that we got to see and thank you for inviting me <laughs> well of
0: course I mean, you're my you're my partner in life and love and 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 the universe <laughs> <laughs>
1: it a great experience uh,
0: and again, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, thank you again so much. We're proud to say that we're actually, we're now on Stitcher as well. So, you know, you can find us, of course, on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Spotify. And now we have made it on to Stitcher. Uh, so we encourage everybody to check out our Stitcher profile. Uh, again, if you're feeling generous, leave us a, a review there. It, it really does help. If you think it doesn't, it really does, especially also on Stitcher and also on iTunes. Uh, It takes just a couple of seconds to just hit that five star button, and then off to the races we go. Uh, Check us out on Facebook at uh, Tricky Kid uh, Facebook. I'm sorry, Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. Also, my alter ego DJ Tricky Kid is there. You can find us on Twitter at uh, the handle Tricky Kid and the number two. And don't forget to check out TrickyKid.com because not only can you find out more about everything that we've been talking about on this episode, and of course all the upcoming appearances that I'll be doing, uh, but it's great because you have a great visual. You'll be able to see, uh, you know, pictures of what we're talking about. You'll be able to see pics of the cast and and, and see uh, movie posters from what we're talking about, and from Edge of the World and the Iron Orchard and the cast and and all the great great stuff from the film festival. So definitely check out TrickyKid.com. Uh, uh and also again we, we we appreciate all of our great sponsors and all of our great listeners. And Jossie where can they where can they find you on the interwebs?
1: Um, if you are so inclined <laughs> I, you can find me on uh Instagram at J O C E I Six, the number six.
0: And thanks to you, which platform am I am I on now?
1: You are finally on Instagram. And
0: what is my what is my handle on there?
1: None other than DJ Tricky Kid.
0: Kablamo for real <laughs> Okay, everybody, thanks again. Thanks to all of our great guests. Thanks so much to Megan Dalby. Uh, thanks so much uh, to uh, Will Myers and Randy Redroad. Uh, thanks again also so much to Ty Roberts and the Iron Orchard. And uh, to the Dallas International Film Festival for kicking so much ass this year. And we'll see you next week.